to Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by Maurice Patton on this wild and wacky Wednesday. It is a little wild, a little wacky, and coming to you from parts unknown around the world. Excited for a great show, jam-packed show, Mo. Uh, yeah, we got a lot going on for a Wednesday. Um, no doubt. We've got great guests. Heather Williams joins us, of course, as she does each and every week. On NASCAR, Terry will be at the top of the hour, 3 o'clock, and then we've got Tyler and Tyler Rodney Orr will join us as uh, we get ready for the third Saturday in October. And, of course, we've also got a little WNBA to talk about as the finals and number uh I guess game four is tonight. Game four is tonight. The Ace is looking to close it out tonight. So. Yeah, but they're going to have to, they, they got uh, a tough road to hoe. Well, they got some stuff that they're dealing with. Yeah. So um, Willie Ramirez is going to help us kind of sort some things out at the, um, toward the end of the show, the, who covers the Aces. So looking forward to that. Got a lot to get to, and Mo, I'm going to ask you to uh, help me out here and get into the rundown so that I can get us on Twitter. Okay, well, that's going to be interesting because the rundown has not been updated from yesterday. Oh, that's good. All right, well, um, anyway. Y'all look good, though. (laughs) Well, there you go. Alrighty then. Well, let's get into the rundown. Okay. This is the rundown. Volleyball action yesterday. Creekwood defeated Anderson County three to one. Harpeth and uh, Chattanooga School of Arts and Sciences uh, play. That's today. They have not finished yet. That's at uh, twelve o'clock. Nolensville defeated East Hamilton today three to two. Uh, Sail Creek. 3-1 winner over Loretto. Interesting there. Providence Christian down Middle Tennessee Christian 3-2. And Signal Mountain was a 3-0 winner over Valor Collegiate. And that was that's all today. Yesterday's action was Cleveland 3, Brentwood nothing, Creekwood 3, Volunteer nothing, Valor Collegiate 3-1 over Crockett County, Loretto a 3-2 winner over Robertson County, St. Agnes Academy a 3-0 winner over Father Ryan. Father Ryan did defeat Baylor, 3-0. Middle Tennessee Christian down North Point Christian, 
three to one. Providence Christian was a three-two winner over St. George's. Harpeth found South Green three nothing. St. George's was a three-two winner over Middle Tennessee Christian, and Nolensville was a three nothing winner over West Ridge. Okay. In College football action last night. Liberty defeated Middle Tennessee State 42-35. Also, Jacksonville State became bowl eligible. Oh, wait a minute. No, they didn't. With a 20-17 win over Western Kentucky. And um, in Funbelt play, what was that Southern Mississippi, South Alabama score? Last I saw was 45-3. Yeah, I think It was bad. I think South Alabama took care of business in that one, but let's see if we can. They did, in fact, take care of business. 55-3 was the final. Jaguars over Golden Eagles there. Um, In hockey action, it was the Edmonton Oilers (laughs) walk in your trap, take over your trap, with a 6-1 win over the Predators at Bridgestone Arena. And in National League Championship Series action, the Phillies took a – Two to nothing lead in that series with a ten nothing win over the Diamondbacks. Girls soccer action yesterday, Mo. Lots of great stuff here. Cheatham County down Huntington seven nothing. Huntland was a one nothing winner over Cullioca, and just like that, soccer season is over. Uh, Fairview six, Chester County two, Franklin four, Lincoln County nothing, Hendersonville nine nothing over Lawson. Gallatin downs Hillsboro one nothing. Lipscomb Academy a two one win over Knox Webb. Lead Academy nine. Republic nothing. Liberty Creek nine. Cannon County nothing. McNary Central four. Sycamore two. Merrill Hyde eleven. Independence Academy nothing. Harding Academy two nil over Nashville Christian. Oakland five one over Wilson Central. Rossview five. Dixon County one. White House Heritage four. Smith County three. Ravenwood four. Spring Hill nothing. Station Camp eight. Martin Luther King zero. Siegel edges Stewart Creek two one. Clarksville. It is West Creek 4-3, and Westview shuts out Harpeth 2-0. Tonight. Today, yeah. in Major League Baseball action, the ALCS resumes in Arlington with the host Texas Rangers looking to close out Houston. That's a 7-0-3 start on FS1. Um... And also, as we mentioned earlier, the Aces and the Liberty play game four of the WNBA Championship Series. That game is in New York. It's a 7 o'clock tip, and it can be seen on ESPN. Um, Chris, that's all I'm aware of. Uh, we got a couple of weekday CUSA games tonight. Did you say those? Do we? No, I did not say that. Yeah, Florida International and Sam Houston at Sam Houston at 6 on CBS Sports Network and on ESPN2 at 8 o'clock. It's New Mexico State and UTEP. As far as I'm aware, that is your rundown. All right. Top Chris, before we get into the the top story, you mentioned that um, there's a CUSA game on CBS Sports Network tonight. I'm going to read you what my screen said last night when I tried to turn on the tail end of Liberty and Middle Tennessee State. Sorry, this video is not available to view based on your TV subscription. Please contact your TV provider for more information. What does that mean? 
means CBS Sports Network is not in your cable subscription, I guess. Well, I don't have cable. Well, I mean, in your DirecTV or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's interesting because I've watched stuff on there previously. Well, that actually happened to me, I want to say, uh, when was it? Um, I want, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, the, I guess Dish Network was having issues or something. Mm-hmm. And so that, that kind of screwed everything up for me a couple, like I said, a couple weeks ago. So that's all I know. It was pretty yeah. frustrating. And I, don't, I don't, I don't know that it was anything you could have done or did do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Top story is brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go see the fine folks over there, and they will take care of you. So let's uh, talk a little bit about our top story. I have. Or we were sent the Tennessee Sports Chargers Association College Players of the Week yesterday. So mm-hmm. let's dive in there. We can run through those. Tusculum quarterback Matthew Palazzo. Hey, we've had we've had him before. I think this is yeah, not the first time. Yeah, because there was an Enrico. Yeah, he was um, the Player of the Week to end September as well. So this guy's this guy's getting it done. Um was was responsible for four touchdowns, three passing and one rushing in the Pioneers thirty five seven win over Virginia Wise. Um threw for three hundred and fourteen yards, his second three hundred plus game in as many weeks. Two t- uh with touchdown passes of seventy three and seventy yards. Um defensively Vanderbilt defensive back Jalen Mahoney finished with 16 tackles, a career high, in the Commodores' loss to Georgia over the weekend. So, Tusculum's Matthew Palazzo, Vanderbilt's Jalen Mahoney are your offensive and defensive players of the week from the Tennessee Sports Writers Association. In men's soccer, Trevecca senior forward Marlon Grossman had a hat trick in a 5-3 win over Ohio Dominican and scored the game winner in a 2-1 win over Malone. So congratulations to Marlon Grossman. On the women's side, Sewanee forward Brianna Fee recorded a hat trick in just 16 minutes of the Tigers' 4-0 win over Millsaps. Also had an assist in their win, their 3-0 win at Birmingham Southern. Um, Sewanee has now gone 12 straight unbeaten. So, they're rolling. And in volleyball, Trevecca's Emma Titus had 20 kills, at least 20 kills, in each of their three matches at the Midwest crossover. 27 against Northern Michigan, 20 against Illinois Springfield, and 20 against Upper Iowa. Average 22.3 kills with a 248 hitting percentage, also averaged eight digs, and had nine total blocks. So, again, your Tennessee Sports Writers Association's Players of the Week in football. It was Tusculum's Matthew Palazzo and Jalen Mahoney. 
in soccer it was Trevecca's Marlon Grossman and Sawane's Brianna Fee. And in volleyball it was Trevecca's Emma Titus. Congrats to all. All right. Congrats to them indeed. Emma Titus also a two time winner, by the way. Yeah. Look at there, look at there. Exactly. Um Top story number two. <laughs> cool stuff over at the Nashville Public Library. If you haven't had a chance to get over there, uh, they have a new exhibit on the second floor featuring photographs of mid-1980s women's basketball from Vanderbilt from the uh, Nashville Banner Archives. How cool is that? It's pretty cool. It's very cool. I mean, that, and those are those are some teams. And that's solid. You go back into the, into the, you know, into that era of women's basketball in general, it gets really, really, you know, interesting if you're, you know, looking at photographs from that era, just uh, from anything. But mm -hmm. obviously, basketball was a different looking sport back then. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think they were probably, if I had to guess, they, they may have actually been wearing, uh, Short sleeve shirts, most likely. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute now. Let me see here if I'm if I can find. There's Vanderbilt women's basketball on Twitter. I thought they had a post of it up, but I guess they don't. Um, but yeah, I saw it this morning. I thought that was really neat, and and I, I love that. You know, we know that women's basketball in this state is is huge. And has been for quite a while, um, but you know, to see not just Tennessee, because Vanderbilt had a great women's program for a long time, and and there's no question that it certainly could get back there. Vanderbilt had a great women's program, um, you know, MTSU, um, Belmont, and Betty Wiseman's a living legend over there. Um, you know, UT Martin, even. I mean, that's where. Pet Summit got her start. So, yeah, women's basketball across this state. Tennessee has kind of been one of the bellwethers, I guess, in women's basketball. So it's nice to see some of the other programs getting some of that historic attention in addition to UT. Well, and speaking of women's basketball, I, I'm not sure if this was released today. Um Conference USA Women's Basketball Championship will air on CBS Sports Network on March 16th, and there's only one other nationally televised game in Conference USA Women's Basketball the entirety of the year. The rest of it is ESPN+. Do you know what that game is? Middle and Western. Middle and Western on ESPNU at 12 noon Eastern, 11 p.m. Central on February 24th. 11 a.m. Central. I don't want to say it. I'm sorry. 11 a.m. Central. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did not know that, but I knew it was that. a pretty good guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, if you're you only going to put one game on from this conference, that's got to be it. I mean, remember last year when we were um, a little bothered by the fact that they only played once? And I don't know. I don't know what this year's schedule is. 
<laughs> I didn't sure, look that surely far they play home and home into it. Uh, well, you know, it's it's interesting that you say that because, uh, I mean, maybe they do. Um, I don't. I don't say yes, they do. Okay. On February 3rd. So February 3rd and then February 24th, they will play. February 3rd at the Glass House. That's correct. February 24th up there at, um, what is that, Diddle Arena. Of course it is. Of course it is. Um, I don't... I know that that top story implies one, <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff to, ha- to talk about today, including uh, Gold Glove Award finalists have been announced. And I think that's that's worth mentioning. No more baseball than we're going to talk. This yeah, is about all the baseball we're going to talk, so yeah. we might as well mention it and. Um, National League Utility finalists. Ha-Seong Kim, Tommy Edmond, Mookie Betts. Utility. Mookie Betts is also a finalist in right field. Well, and Ha-Seong Kim is also a finalist at second base. That's interesting. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that's kind of... I don't, I that's don't, weird to me, right? I mean... Well, well, it is kind of weird to me that you are a finalist in multiple positions. Well, yeah, I mean, if I don't know, I I can't wrap my head around this. If if I played enough right field to be a finalist in, as a Gold Glover, then I'm not really a utility player. <laughs> or if I played enough second base, I mean, right? It, yeah, I mean. Utility kind of denotes to me somebody who played a lot of different positions, but not any one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know that I like a utility player for Gold Glove. Yeah, I think I just nixed that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure I like that category. Period. But I, I, I certainly don't think that if you if you can be a finalist as a Position as player. a position, then you are not eligible for utility. Right. That seems whatever. Yeah. Anyway, along with Mookie Betts, Fernando Tatis Jr. and Lane Thomas. Yeah, Knoxvilleian Lane Thomas. How about that? Nice. He had a nice year this year. He did. Uh, Michael Harris the second, along with Brenton Doyle and Alec Thomas in center field. I think this is a given. I would certainly hope so. Here's here's something that Atlanta Braves the, fans are going to really struggle with. The less than given <laughs> is this, in left field. This is this is wild. And because wacky on the you Wednesday. Know, yeah, on Wednesday. Ian Happ of the Chicago Cubs, David Peralta of the Los Angeles Dodgers, and Eddie Rosario of the Atlanta Braves are your three finalists for the National League Gold Glove in left field. And that's 
here's the thing. I've been listening to slander about Eddie Rosario's defense all year. I've not seen it. There were a couple of plays over the course of the year that he didn't make. There are a couple of plays over the course of the year that everybody doesn't make. I've never thought Eddie Rosario was a defensive liability. No. At least, no. I mean, maybe his arm strength. I don't know, but not with his glove. And he's going to get to more balls than others will. It was so. it was a narrative that I never understood over the course of the season. And to see him as a gold glove finalist makes me feel better. Yeah, I... I, I I must have missed, you know, or just didn't pay attention. Scrolled through it, thinking it was dumb, because I didn't I didn't necessarily see it, <laughs> or, or remember any Eddie slander in you know in left field. But yeah, I mean, guy's a great defender. Uh, you can you can you can as far back as yesterday. Really, it's there. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> Guess that's gonna go away. Hopefully. At shortstop, Francisco Lindor, Dansby Swanson, and Ezekiel Tovar. At... I clicked the wrong thing and it went away. So I got to. Austin get Riley back. is at third base along with Key Brian Hayes, who played about half the year for the Pirates, and Ryan McMahon for the Rockies. A lot of Rockies love on here. Yeah, yeah. Nico Herner from the Cubs on second base along with Hashon Kim and Bryson Stoddett from, from Philadelphia. And first base, Freddie Freeman, Carlos Santana, and Christian Walker. And at catcher, JT Real Muto, Gabriel Marino, and Patrick Bailey. Hmm. Surprising not to see a pitcher from the Braves on here, but the one that typically is didn't play most of the year. So Yeah, yeah. Jesus Lazardo, Taiwan Walker, and Zach Wheeler are your finalists for pitcher. There you go. That's your National League, folks. We'll we'll get to American League later if we have time or care. <laughs> when um when are set to be unveiled on ESPN's baseball tonight on Sunday, November fifth at seven thirty Eastern, six thirty Central. There you go. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Heather Williams is standing by. Talk a little NASCAR. I think we are at least somewhat normal at this point for the rest of the show. So it's not been a normal day, to say the least. But we're here. We're good to go. So Heather Williams will join us on the other side of the break. Stick around. Main Street Sports Today is presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be back in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated cost plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton here on this wild and wacky Wednesday. The weirdest and wildest news from across the world coming your way in the final segment, so stick around for that. We've got a lot of great guests today. Rodney Orr of Titer Insider previews Tennessee and Alabama this weekend, and we also have Willie G. Ramirez. We'll talk a little WNBA, so all of that's still to come, but now it's Wednesday. So that means we get to talk to Heather Williams, Mo. Yay. I missed Heather last Wednesday. I miss you, Mo. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you could come in with us today, and I'm glad to be here today. So um, that means I'm not driving back from Michigan. So, so <laughs> life is good. Um, bring me up to speed, Heather. Oh, up to speed. That's funny. <laughs> I, I see what you did there even though I, I can't you can't see me I see what you did there that was totally um, totally well, by accident quite by the week. Hmm? <laughs> you're not supposed to share that you're supposed yeah. to just everybody think everybody think you're uh you're mm. that you're that punny no I'm not anybody that knows me knows I'm not so anyway um <laughs> where, where are we at <laughs> 
Well, it's been an eventful week. You know, the opening round of the final round of the or opening race of the final round of the playoffs happened over the weekend. Kyle Larson punched his way into the championship four, and we thought that Ryan Blaney was disqualified and was going to have a whole lot of work to do in the final two races. But then on Monday, NASCAR rescinded his disqualification, said that their uh, equipment that they use uh, to inspect the cars was off kilter or oh. off spec. And so uh, they gave him his points back. They, you know, give her everything back, said our bad. And we won't let it happen again. So I don't think that we have ever seen that happen in the history of NASCAR. It was uh, it was wild for sure. Yeah, you know that was one of the main topics I wanted to talk about because it's it's very one. It's important because Ryan Blaney's in a playoff race. Uh, two, right? You know, it's just it seems so unusual for NASCAR to be like, My hey, man. we we might have <laughs> messed up. But you know, obviously, it's you know. Good on NASCAR for realizing their mistake and and not penalizing him to save face. Well, and you know the thing is, is that at least NASCAR is a sport um, that they can do that. It's not like baseball or football where if you blow a call and uh, you know they take a touchdown off the board, you can't put that back on Monday. But in NASCAR, he finished the race. He finished 10th. They disqualified him. And then on Monday, they're like, our bad. You really are 10th. So they, you know, it's kind of like no harm, no foul. Um, And it is a little bit of a changing of the uh, transparency of NASCAR. But they've really tried to do that. I mean, they, they are showing when people fail, they are bringing the parts to the track, showing them to the media so the media can show them to the fans. I mean, they're really trying to be... I think a little bit more transparent in what they do when they are disqualifying people or taking points away or penalizing them or whatever. Well, that's new, but I like it. Thank you. Transparency. Yeah, for sure. That's that's a nice concept. And, it's and crazy, some, isn't it? It is, and and some <laughs> other, like you said, you know, some other sports would probably do well to consider it anyway. And, uh, yeah, maybe, I mean, I think. You know, maybe you can't do it. Like you said, it, it's not – other sports don't necessarily lend themselves to a fix like that, but you could at least acknowledge, hey, we screwed up. I mean, ask Vanderbilt and the SEC. I mean, they've got yeah. buku letters along those lines. Hey, we, we, we blew that. Not Nothing we can do about it, but we blew it. I mean, some other right, even if could, that's just putting the director of, of officials up in front of the media and, and let them answer questions about how they're going to keep that from happening. Because not only did NASCAR, you know, give Ryan his points back, but they also, you know, said we already have standards in, in progress right now and changes being made to assure that this will not happen again. And that's the second part of it, right? We screwed up and we're fixing it. Hell of a concept. That's crazy, I know. (laughs) Uh, Heather, you know, there is still not a new TV contract for Cup and Truck Series beyond 2024. And Sports Business Journal on Monday said that there's no timetable for an announcement. And apparently there's some... There's some growing thoughts that 
CW might actually be in, in involved in this thing. Is that? Or have you heard anything about well, I think, potential I think the thing TV with, deals? I mean, I think that with the thing where CW gets into this is that I think I it's my understanding that Fox and NBC still very much want to be a part of the uh, the deal for NASCAR, but. Um, they want to explore more of the use of the streaming platforms, Peacock and, and those kinds of things. CW, because, you know, Nexar just bought that and they're really starting to just develop that into a, into a platform and uh, acquiring properties. They're very interested in putting it on the CW. So, you know, that's over the air television that, that those others don't necessarily are offering. So I think that's why they're still in the mix. I mean, it's my understanding that the NBC and Fox are still very interested in, in being a part of the contract, it's just, uh, you know, where those those races fit in. Well, yeah, especially since NBC, you know, got rid of the sports network and they moved some races over to USA and and some, you know, they want to use Peacock, of course. And it's, you know, well, it's and I don't really think that subscribers and <laughs> I don't really think that it's really so much too for uh, like the races themselves. I think that they're all very content with having the races on on Fox, FS1, USA, and NBC. But I think where it comes is, is practice and qualifying. You know, they just don't have that kind of inventory, as you're seeing next with the Olympics, or just having to take two weeks off. Um, they don't have that kind of inventory for all of those events, especially when you start getting into football season. So I think, you know, where does practice go? Where does qualifying go? Because NASCAR fans are very much used to those things being readily available. Moving them to a streaming platform, that's where I think a little bit of the, the question comes into play. Speed Network's no longer available, is it? Uh, unfortunately, no. <laughs> it's been a decade or so, probably. Gosh. I, uh, uh, yeah. Almost two now at this point. It's been a minute since Speed has been on the air, so I don't guess we can use them anymore. Well, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because, uh, like you said, they're... There's a thing about, oh, that's good. Justin's computer crashed. Um, There's a, you know, there's a lot of NASCAR fans, one, who live in rural America where broadband access isn't exactly available. Mm. Right. And so very much in my area that I live in covered, that is the case. Yes. Yeah. So streaming isn't isn't something that that may be, uh, you know, possible. Or at least not, you know, easily accessible. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. right. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's talk a little racing because this past weekend obviously was I, – I thought, you know, I always think Las Vegas is good, and, and it was, again, in my opinion. Yeah, lots of comers and goers, lots of drama. I mean, there were – probably five or six cars that were the best all day, but there were, there were definitely some cars that you thought, well, you know, if they get track position, they might be able to, to mix it up and, and, and make some noise. And there were some guys there at the end that maybe didn't, um, didn't maybe have the strongest car all day, but they were, they were up there at the end. I think the most fascinating thing about that race, because you just don't see this happen. Usually there's at least one team that has trouble is that, all eight of the remaining drivers were in the top 11 in the finishing order. I mean, that's crazy. 
that's that's guys really stepping up their game and really coming to play. And I think that's what makes is going to make this championship four. Well, I guess the three remaining positions in it just really compelling is that all of these teams seem to be performing when it counts right now. Yeah, Kyle Larson is certainly performing when it counts, getting the win over the weekend and solidifying himself into that final race. Yeah, and then the catbird seat, because I think they said something like four of the last five champions have been the have been the winner of this opening round race of the playoff the third round because next two weeks he just has to show up and race he i mean what difference does it make none of the points carry over none of what he does in the next two races mean a thing all they're doing is working on their car for phoenix and they've got that advantage over the other three drivers that'll be in there yeah i think you mentioned that last week and you're you're exactly right i mean when you've got the ability to to you know it's kind of like if you're a a football team and the only game that actually matters in playoffs is two weeks away. You know, yeah, do you want to win next week? Sure. Would that be great? Fine. Whatever. But half of my week is going to be spent preparing for the team that I have to beat, not the team that I, you know, am just going to be playing between now and then. So. Well, I think Joey Logano's crew said the other day on Sirius, I think it was on Sirius XM, that they spent no time working on their cars for um, for uh, Homestead or for Martinsville last year. They they just basically pulled out the setup they had when they went there previously, threw it on the car, you know, loaded up the car, made, did all the checks, and all the rest of their time was working on their Phoenix car. Okay, go. so here's a question. From from the guy who knows nothing about NASCAR. Um, if this week doesn't matter, would you not race? Well, I think the, the NASCAR rulebook says you have to attempt every race. You have race. to race? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'll show up. And, I mean, he'll still try to win. I mean, Kyle Larson's a gamer. I mean, he's yeah. going to win every race and every stage, all, all of that. Mm-hmm. But just from a team perspective and getting that car set up right, that's where they will spend much more of their time on Phoenix because that's the race that counts. It's just like a, a team maybe that um, uh, has two weeks left in the regular season. They've already wrapped up a – a post a postseason berth, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe you don't play all your guys. Maybe right. you don't, um, you know, whatever. Or maybe get maybe get some young guys, some experience, right? That kind of stuff. And then and then you know you're you're focusing on <laughs> that get that opening round playoff game. Same kind of concept. Yeah. Okay, all right. That's interesting. Uh, Homestead, Miami, whatever. Uh. <laughs> it's Homestead. It's not really all that close to Miami. Well, How far is it? Is I it closer than like, Gladeville? <laughs> actually, it's probably comparable. I might be a little farther. I think it's 30 to 45 minutes away from Miami, if I'm not mistaken. I've never been down there, but I know it's not really Miami. 39.1 miles via the Ronald Reagan Turnpike. Look at me. 30 to 45 minutes. There you go. With no traffic. Because I'm sure there's none of that in Miami. No. <laughs> well, there's probably none of that in Homestead. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. fair. Well, I don't know. Uh, there's some pretty it, good th- traffic going to Gladeville some days. Yeah, there, there will be traffic. 
for, for NASCAR. But what do you expect this weekend? Are you expecting the Toyotas to, to find a way to keep rolling? I mean, they're always strong at the mile and a half. This track this weekend screams Tyler Reddick because it's the kind of track that, and really Kyle Larson too, but he doesn't need it as bad as Tyler uh, because it's the kind of track that you rip around the top to make the fastest speed. And so it's it's a that combined with it being a Toyota, it's definitely a Tyler Reddick type of track. Um, but I think really all the guys that are left uh, in the championship four are pretty good at the intermediate tracks. I would say Busher and Blaney are probably the two weakest in the field, and they really need good runs. Um, but both of them are really good at short tracks, so Martinsville may be one that they're circling more than, than this weekend. But really, I mean, when you look at Denny Hamlin and Truex and uh, you know Toyotas for sure, um, but Byron, I think Byron won this race last year. No, not last, was it not last year. When did he win this race? Maybe not. I think, it was, I think it was Vegas he won. But that just shows you he's good on a mile and a half. Um, that all these guys can go down there that are in the, the, the seven competing for those final three spots can are capable of going down there and getting a win. But you're right. The Toyotas definitely have the upper hand this season at that kind of track. Looking forward to it as always. And I am I'm really excited for this playoff race, man. You know, Tyler Reddick is 16 back, so a, a, a dub would be huge for him. And then, of course, you know, the Toyotas are trying to push William Byron out somehow, some way. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> don't want him in. They definitely don't want him in the championship four as good as he is at Phoenix. And they definitely don't want two Chevys in the championship four. Uh, well, right now, two Hendricks, two, G- two Joe Gibbs, and. That that's where we're at. So it looks like it's a it's a two team race right now. But yeah, and that's how the season's been. But I'll tell you this much: I could see two Joe Gibbs teams in there, but I don't see Truex being one of them. I know he's still hanging on, but that's all based on his playoff points that he brought into it. I think Christopher Bell's running better than Truex right now. Yeah, and I I would like his chances of making the championship four, especially as good as he is at Homestead, um, over Truex. Man. Gonna be fun. Homestead's always fun. This is this is a good good race. A lot a lot of interesting things typically happen. And this here, car so. is made for that racetrack. And this 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 new next gen car loves loves Homestead. So yeah, I'm I'm pumped. It's gonna be yeah. a great finish to the season. We got what three races left, and we do so. can't believe it. <sighs> As sports seasons that we have continue to wind down. oh man that's unfortunate but heather as always we appreciate it look forward to seeing you again next week talking about this one and the next one yep we'll see you guys next week all right take a break when we come back plenty of nfl news but apparently a titan Hmm. was involved in a post-game skirmish last week we'll tell you who and what happened Break us. Right right after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stick around. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
With Lee Company technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back into Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mo, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday, so let's get into a little wild and wacky story here. Let's do. As Marlon Humphrey on his podcast, Punchline Podcast, said, Dude, I'm sitting there after the game. I jersey swapped a dude. I took my jersey off and I saw Jeffrey Simmons. He was looking straight-faced, helmet on. As soon as I turned my back, our guy starts yelling, Rodney, Rodney. Rodney is our security guy's name. I turn around. Odell and Jeffrey are like fighting. I'm pretty sure Odell was grabbing his face mask. They had to get separated. Everything. (laughs) Okay. Well, we saw the the on-the-field issue. Where I didn't. Where okay, well, but you didn't wake up early enough. I guess not. Was it early? I, I mean, I saw is. some of the game, but so I, I'm not sure. It was about yeah, it was probably first half. Okay. Uh, so Jeff, Big Jeff, is on a knee, and he, Justin, do you have it by chance? Literally about to say, I am pulling it up as we speak. Okay, let, let's just, let, instead of me trying to describe it, I'm going to let you see it. There's actually one, uh, there's an angle that I just found um, that is not the, like, usual one. Um, it's kind of like, you can barely see Odell. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. He got flagged for that. Yeah, but I I, I didn't well, put all that together. Yeah. Simmons got flagged. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But Beckham didn't get flagged for kneeing dude in the for, for kneeing Big Jeff. 
right, or right. getting pushed down. Yeah, looking at CBSSports.com, the altercation may have stemmed from Beckham looking to protect his fellow wideout. 2023 first-round pick Zay Flowers. Beckham likely didn't appreciate Simmons diving to tackle Flowers by his ankles after Flowers was already being held up by two Titans defenders. Um, Beckham appeared to have kneed Simmons in retaliation on Flowers' next catch, and the defensive lineman retaliated by shoving Beckham in return. Now, I saw the shove, but I did not see or wasn't aware of any of the stuff leading up to that. So, Okay, yeah, that's 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 pretty egregious there by Jeff. I was about what, to say, shove? I've never seen no. that. Watch, watch Jeff at the beginning of this clip. Right here. Yeah. Oh, he goes right at his knee. He almost got molding there. Who's that molding? Travery. That's that's pretty egregious there. Guess he wanted to make sure he was down. Yeah, I mean, you you yeah, can't that's see not, that's Odell. Not great. You can't see Odell knee him there. All right, there's an angle. For but the, uh, the the actual angle of the. Yeah. I think it was on the next play. That he need him. No, I don't think it was. It's here. right here because Jeff pushes him down right after that. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll find that. that J- CBS is wrong. It wasn't on the next play. It was. It was right at. It was at the same time. See right here, Odell knees Jeff. Jeff gets up, shoves him down. And uh, it's interesting. For some reason, it's not. It's only I can only find that one angle. Well, I, yeah, I, found it. I got it. It's a, it's available, but it's it's it. I don't know. Um, yeah, Kevin, if I could tell you how to say Ostriker, o- I would. Ostriker. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't have. Here it is. There you go. <laughs> so you can see, like at the beginning, like Odell hitting him, the knee. And they actually kind of cut that part off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they cut the Ostriker. Yeah, I don't know. All you see there is the shove. You kind of see his knee, like yeah. I guess they had yeah. I don't really. But know. but he certainly need him. There's no question there. I, I but mad again, sure. <laughs> what? How many times have we heard during training camp somebody's getting in a fight with Jeff? It's just a matter of who. <laughs> Jeff gonna fight. Yeah, maybe Jeff it's not the maybe it's not the somebody's. Yeah, I mean Jeff going he, he he look he's this is the kind of player he is. He's just he's an aggressive player. He's a guy who's, high strong. He's super high strung. He's going and and he's going to give you a hundred percent on every single play, whether it's training camp or the Super Bowl. And I think, you know, for all of the don't do stupid stuff to hurt the team, I think. Simmons gets a little bit more of a pass on a lot of that stuff than a lot of guys do because I think Vrabel kind of relates to him. I think that's the type of player Vrabel was. Well, absolutely, but also I think that you've got to have that guy on your team. Mm. You can't have uh-huh. a one, but you got to have him. Mm-hmm. You can't have three or four out there getting 15 no, yards every time, no. every time you turn around, but you can have one. But I mean, you they they can't all be choir boys, as any number of coaches would tell you. Well, I mean, Deion Sanders will tell you what kind of defensive lineman he wants. <laughs> so we had that discussion. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, he he wants guys who play with that edge, 
who have that edge, whether it comes from football, home life, or whatever. That's that's the kind of guys they want. You know, playing defensive line. You want you want guys who will who particularly will at that people, position yeah. who will wreck people and give zero care. Zero. <laughs> None given. Uh, yeah. Other interesting stories across the shield. Roger Goodell had his contract extended through 2027. That's signed, sealed, and delivered. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Was there yeah, ever for, any question? Whether good, bad, or ugly. No, I don't think there's any question from, you know, at least not from the NFL. No. Perhaps from, you know, others, but not from the NFL. Uh, also, it's kind of one of those deals where if not Goodell, who? Yeah, well, there you go. You, the devil, you know, does mm. uh, it, it may be the better option considering Major League Baseball's predicament. So that's all I'm saying. Mm. Uh, some NFL players, including Micah Parsons and others, are considering a playing in the. 2028 Olympics in the flag football. What does that look like? <laughs> Tackle football players playing flag football. Someone. Uh, well, I, I mean, we we just had the conversation about Jeff Simmons. I mean, what Michael Parsons? No, I, I'm just saying in general, what does it look like? Tackle football players playing flag football. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about Micah Parsons here, yeah. not just a like, not just a tackle. But we're talking about Micah Parsons, and someone said that a uh, a 15 year old in Italy has no idea he's going to die an Olympian in eight <laughs> years. <laughs> there will be so many my bads. <laughs> It's it's not going to be pretty, but yeah. but can you imagine Tyreek Hill playing flag football? No, honestly, can, I, can <laughs> picture this? Picture you're like you know you you're part of the Olympic team of a different country, and you're playing people in your country. They're all like pretty, you know you played the best of the best. You're in your best. in your country, and then you line up against Parsons <laughs> on the other end of the <laughs> Micah Parsons and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Yeah, we were having fun in our country doing this. Like, and, you guys want to kill us? And Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, no, this is this is a terrible idea. Without pads? Are you kidding? seriously? This is a terrible idea. This is <laughs> this may be the worst idea in the history of, <laughs> or the best. No, I. I mean, it's it's it will it's not be like, worth watching. It's gonna be like the it would be like the dream team. Yeah, like it'd be fun oh, for yeah. USA. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, it's one of those deals where you invented the sport, you want to win it, right? Okay, but I'm trying to think if any if if there's any country who could compete. No. Canada Maybe is Canada. the closest. Canada, Maybe Canada is the closest. Because you would at least have Chase Claypool. Uh, you would have. You know, do the, do they want him? As well, as at least have, two teams in the NFL have said no. Uh, yeah, exactly. And Kill Harry of the the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Chuba Hubbard, I guess, could play maybe. 
I just keep going back to like you know the teams in like countries, small countries. No, <laughs> so it's it, they're gonna make a Disney movie of this. Jamaica's got a flag football mm. team. This <laughs> is not gonna be good. They're pulling up. They're all high fiving. Like, Let's go have some fun today. Okay, who, Michael Parsons is like, I'm gonna murder you. This, this is not gonna be fun. Yeah. Here's the here's the bad part for for Canada. The only quarterback that they have is Nathan Rourke, who just signed up, who just signed off the practice squad for Jacksonville. So the, mm. you're saying they got a chance. That's oh. God. I mean, if, they, if the U.S. wants to make a mockery of it, then then sure, go ahead. But uh, I don't know, man. Let's let's try not to do that because it would just. I don't even think it'd be fun. It would be fun to watch, maybe like once. Well, yeah, it'd be fun to watch a game, like a preliminary, and that would be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe the gold medal game, but it would I, be that could start a war. Like I mean, again, <laughs> <laughs> international <laughs> incident. Yes, yeah. I mean again, who's going to cover Tyreek Hill? Eighty-five points in the first half. Like, all right, we're <laughs> literally no one, Mo. Can would be able to cover Tyreek Hill. Mm. Oh man! Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention before we got out of here. There was a story on, I guess it was ESPN, about the. There is at least one executive saying that the NFL has made it a goal, maybe not to limit all playing services to grass, but limiting the type of playing services that are available. So like if you have natural grass, that's fine. And if you have turf, maybe there's only one or two, you know, turf companies that you can use or types of turf that you can use. Hmm. And I wonder if that's the, if that is the compromise that we're going to get. I just don't think grass in indoor facilities is really realistic. I mean, even with technology being what it is and, and, you know, sliding trays and that kind of thing, I don't, I just don't think natural grass in an indoor facility is a realistic expectation. Jeff Miller, vice president of health and safety said, it's hard to make a strong recommendation against any one thing. <laughs> Smart man. So I, it, I like that. Really. Is Chris frozen? Do we have a fro is, is Justin? I can hear you. I hear you and see you as well, Mo. Okay, so it's not us. It's Yao that's frozen then. I love screenshotting when this happens. Yeah, okay. I'll tell you what. Um, do we have Terry yet, Justin? We do. We do. Okay. All right. Well let's go ahead and go to a break and in the meantime maybe Chris can get thawed out and when we come back we will have Terry's top of the hour Titans report here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stay with us. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. 
Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back to me. <laughs> it's exciting to be back with you guys. Internet crashed. I, I, I'll be excited to go back and watch how that went down. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> I was, I was sitting there going, are, are you guys here? Hello. <laughs> yeah, we. And then you are. And we could hear none of that. So yeah. None of it. So yeah. Welcome back to you. Welcome back. To Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint, and let's go now. Since look at me, I'm the captain now. Um, <laughs> let's go to Terry McCormick with the top of the hour Titans report from Zen Sports. Terry, talk to us. Yes, Captain Patton, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Uh, it is your Titan Insider Zen Sports Report, and uh, it's changing the bonus game for the better, Zen Sports. Guys, let's do a little housekeeping with the Titans here, so to speak. A lot of people think that this team is headed toward a rebuild, and I happen to think that they probably you know, spent the offseason in these first six weeks trying to push that away, trying to stave that off. And it looks like it's inevitably going to come, especially now that Ryan Tannehill is hurt. And they could be looking at either Will Levis or Malik Willis under center, probably for the next game, if not the next two or three. So to my way of thinking, with the trade deadline coming up on Halloween, do you guys think the Titans should be sellers? And here's the thing that I'll go with on that. I don't necessarily know that they should be sellers because, one, they don't have a whole lot of people that other teams would probably covet. Now, if they wanted to move Derrick Henry, if Derrick Henry came to them and said, I want to go play for the Chiefs, I want to win a Super Bowl, they might try to accommodate him. But ordinarily, I don't think you get a lot of return on value for veteran players in trades, in football, the way you do in other sports, because you deal for draft picks most of the time. And if Derrick Henry fetches a fourth or fifth round pick, are you willing to let maybe the best franchise running back in your, at least in the Tennessee portion of your history, go for the 150th best player in the draft? I don't see it. I, I wouldn't do it if I was Rand Carthen. All right. Well, Rand has a plan. Whether we know it or not. Rand has a plan. We, we're, 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 we're riding that out, huh, Chris? Run until it dies. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. What were you saying, Terry? This whole 
this whole rebuild, I think, is predicated on trying to see what you have in these young quarterbacks and then trying to let the defense keep you as competitive as possible. And then, you know, if you're going to go with a young quarterback, doesn't the smart money say that you're going to be relying more on your running game than you have previously than you would uh, if uh, you had Ryan Tannehill under center because a running game and a safety valve tight end are a rookie quarterback's best friends. Are they not? You would think so, particularly in this offense. And I'm just not sure, Terry, that I'm not sure that Derrick Henry is as valuable to any other team in any other offense as he is to this team in this offense. And Chris and I have had this conversation previously. So I I, I think when you go out there and check out the market, the trade market for Derrick Henry, I think you're probably going to wind up a little disappointed in what's out there. I wholeheartedly agree. I, I think he means more to this franchise, not only for his production on the field and the type of offense they run, but he's closing in on the franchise's all-time record. Another year or so of solid production, either here or elsewhere, he's probably a candidate for Canton. And let's be honest, he played at Alabama. There are a lot of Alabama fans around this part. He puts butts in seats for a team that's not very exciting to watch right now. There you go. Terry McCormick with the Titans update. Tell us about Zen Sports. All right. Tell you about Zen Sports. Zen Sports is the new sports book in Tennessee that is revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it too. You can earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with the code MainStreet, M A I N S T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, you can earn cash commission on your referral bets with the Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. Back in Main Street Sports Days presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. And I'm Chris Yell, and I'm joined by Mo Patton. And we are excited to have 
Tider Insiders Rodney Terry joining us to talk a little bit about the third Saturday in October, which just so happens to be this weekend. Rodney, thanks for joining us. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Rodney, um, Jalen Milrow has been a topic of discussion on our show quite often here over the last few weeks, typically um, emanating from my counterpart. Um, how well is he being received as QB1 at Alabama right now heading into this UT game? Well, I mean, I think he's probably, you know, been – He's been hot and cold. <laughs> I mean, so I think he's been received hot and cold. I mean, it just depends on his performance. That's pretty much what he is. He's he's been stirring. Uh he's had some really, really good moments, but he's had some bad moments too. I mean, he's thrown some really bad interceptions at times. Played a little bit better, protected the ball a little bit better this last game. Uh, you know, had a bad second half. Uh, you know, I think he was obviously started off really, really hot. Uh, in that first half, had a big first half, threw for over 200 yards. I think it was in the first half. And the second half, he, he you know, he's really struggled. Uh, so I, th I think it's been for him, it's almost been like a season, a tale of two halves. You know, he plays well in one half, doesn't well in the other. So uh, right now, that's pretty much uh, the way he's been received. Well, and, and I've not been a big Jalen Miro fan from – day one I didn't think he was I didn't think he was capable of, of, of doing what he's done to this point uh, based off what we saw last year and what we saw early but he is he has improved throughout the year and I think he you know this is a guy who who probably gives him the best chance to win at that position right now would that be fair to say yes on this team for sure I mean I think right now uh he is and I've you know, that kind of became evident earlier. I, I thought coming out of camp, it was probably kind of evident because of the inconsistencies with the other guys. And again, that uh, Milrow's been inconsistent as well. But yeah, he has made some improvement, but again, he's, he's still making a lot of the same mistakes, uh, you know, from time to time. And, uh, but yeah, I, I 100%, I think you're right. He is, is this team right now the best opportunity to, to win? How much of his inconsistency and, and at any point, poor play, how much of that can be attributed to the offensive line? Because there are, there are some question marks up there. Some, you know, I think a lot of people try to blame a lot of it or most of it on the offensive line. Some of people try to blame it on Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator. Uh, but honestly, those I would say Reese has done about as good a job, in my opinion, as you could do, given some of the inconsistencies up front offensively on the line and then also with, with Milrow. I think it's a combination, though, of Milrow and the offensive line. I mean, they've, got, they've given up 31 sacks. I think somebody put that into perspective. It would if, if it keeps at this pace, they'll, they'll have about give up about 66 sacks on the year, which shatters the school record. Um, but I would say this, of those 31, probably 15 or more or, or could be attributed to the quarterbacks. And I say quarterbacks because in that game against South Florida, uh, you know, uh, Ty Simpson took a lot of sacks when he played the second half. Uh, but a lot of Milrow, a lot of sacks of Milrow have been, you know, on him, 
uh, you know, holding the ball too long. Uh, Pro Football Focus actually had him 14th out of 14 in the conference and of the, among the quarterbacks in terms of how long he holds the ball, 3.4 seconds. And, you know, that's, that's just too long. Uh, you want to get it out of your hand under three seconds and ideally around two, five or between two, five and three. And he's, he just holding it, holds the ball too long on, on many occasions. Uh, now there are sometimes too, uh, like I saw a play in this last game, you could see it from the press box and, uh, the freshman left tackle, Caden Proctor gets beat and clearly he was beat. There's no doubt about that, but. Milrow could have helped him out a little bit by stepping up in the pocket, giving himself some extra time to make a decision. Do I throw it? Do I go ahead and pull it down and run it? Uh, but he stepped back rather than stepped up, and he got hammered from the backside. So, uh, you know, again, I just think it's a, some inconsistencies there uh, in, in both offensive line and, you know, Jalen Milrow. That said, they're continuing to win. So, I don't know if you want to say they're winning in spite of Jalen Milrow, but I mean, if it's not him that's getting it done, where where is it that it's happening for Alabama to have the success that they're well, having to this point? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't. I wouldn't say they're. You know, to be clear, I just wouldn't say that it's they're winning in spite of him. I'm, I'm, I'm I guess I'm really just saying that perhaps uh, you know he's not really. Uh, Certainly not what we've seen over the last few years in terms of Alabama quarterbacks. Uh, just a lot of inconsistencies there, you know, with that. Uh, he made a play, actually, that was – and that's what's crazy about it is he struggled the entire second half, and then all of a sudden he just seems to have a knack sometimes of making a play uh, at the very right time. You know, and, and that's what happened last week against Arkansas. They, they had a second down at 13 – and, you know, they're trying to get a first down so they can run the clock out, you know, hang on to this 24-21 win. And Milrose struggling. He steps up. He's got a guy bearing down on him. And he just kind of jumps up and delivers a ball perfectly between, you know, a linebacker and a safety. And Amari Nyblack makes the catch. And Alabama runs out the clock. So, you know, he is making some plays now. He's, he's got some ability. When he, I thought he played extremely well in the second half against Texas A&M. It's just the inconsistencies. Uh, you know, and I think the defense has played extremely well for the most part. They've had a the, the Texas game in the fourth quarter and probably this last game, you know, gets when they're up 24 to 6. Arkansas gets a couple of drives. Uh, K.J. Jefferson has a couple of big scrambles. And, you know, make some things happen. But I think defensively, for the most part, they've played really, really well. And I, I think personally that, uh, you know, this is a this is potentially a championship defense, but they've got a long, long way to go offensively, in my opinion. Yeah, offensively rushing for just 105 yards a game. That's where these two teams are really different. Alabama, uh, again, <clears throat> I'm sorry, averaging 148 yards a, a game on the ground, giving up 105. Tennessee gives up 105 a game, but they run for 230, and they ran for 240 against the number one rush defense in the country last week. Is that a point of concern for Alabama? Yeah, it is to me. I mean, it's it's something I've been thinking about all week because you're right. They did run for 200, and I think it was 231 against uh, 
you know, Texas A&M and Alabama ran just the week before for 23, you know, against that same defense. So, no, I think it is a, a point of concern because Tennessee can run the football and you start thinking, okay, what if Alabama goes three and out, three and out, three and out over a period of time, those are going to be body blows if Tennessee can run the football. And then you get into the third and fourth quarter and they start, you know, wearing you down those five, six, seven yard runs kind of start getting, you know, 12, 15, 20, and then, you know, touchdown. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a concern the way Tennessee's been running the ball if you're Alabama. Uh, now the question is, you know, Alabama defensively, they're pretty strong and gets to run. They're solid. Uh, you know, what they have to do is they have to stop the run and turn Joe Milton into a passer. And, you know, again, I, I haven't seen a ton of him this year. Uh, but from what I have seen, he kind of seems to be inconsistent himself. And again, correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't seen a lot of him. But no, from you're what right. I have seen, he's, <laughs> you yeah, are, he's, he's spot been on. inconsistent. And spot his statistics on. basically, his statistics are basically, if you look at them, they seem to be, you know, almost uh, identical, very similar to, to Milrose. Oh, they are. The only difference is that Milrow hits a lot more deep shots. Um, mm hmm. Milro averaging 10.6 yards a yards an attempt, Milton averaging 6.9. Well, and also, Chris, mm -hmm. and I don't have any numbers to back it up, but I mean, Milro is a far more willing runner than Milton. Uh, yeah, Milro has run for 139, 68 times this year. Milton 32 for 173, so he gets it done when he goes. Just doesn't go very often. Just doesn't go very often. 5.4 yards a carry to Milrow's two yards per carry. That's wild. I would not. Well, Milrow's got a lot of sacks, too. But, but you oh, know, they right. those, those yeah, count. Yeah. Yeah. The, so, you know, but but also I think, too, that, you know, you listen to people around here, and I'm not talking about coach. I mean, you, the Alabama fans, like, they want Milrow to run it more, to pull it down more, use his legs. And, you know, Milrow wants to be a pocket passer. That's what he wants to be. He, and and so he's a little bit – he's not been really open to pulling it down a whole lot, uh, not as much as I thought he would. Um, he's been hanging in there. But I think he could even use his legs more and really be a, a weapon. And, and I do understand, uh, you know, Nick Saban wants a guy that's a distributor of the ball, and that's really what his uh, job is to do. But at the same time, I, I think there's sometimes that when he's with his ability, he, he he could really be dangerous as a runner and could be probably more productive. I think I think you're exactly right. It, to me, there are two matchups in this game that 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 really are going to determine who wins it. And and, and we've talked about both, not specifically, but the the run the run game of Tennessee versus Alabama's run defense, which is really good. And then this defensive front seven of Tennessee's versus that offensive line, and how many sacks will Jalen Milrow run into? Did you see? Did you see the the, the photo of the? I think it was was it Texas A and M where it, there was a, a a lane to his left wide open, and he and he scrambled into protection. And it just seems like he doesn't have much pocket awareness. So I'm curious mm -hmm. if 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 you know how you feel about and 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 have thought about his ability to navigate the pocket against a team like Tennessee who rushes the passer very, very well. Mm -hmm. no, I think it's going to be something. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be uh, really, uh, like you said, it's one of the keys to the game. And, 
yes, he has had uh, some difficulties hanging in the pocket at times in terms of uh, knowing when to bail or get rid of the ball on time. Uh, he's had receivers open that I, I assume he's just not seen them open. But I'll give you an example. Last week in the Arkansas game, uh, it was 24-6, to third quarter. Alabama's driving, has a nice drive going to running the ball really, really well. They get down third and three in the red zone, and Tommy Reese calls a pass play, and he's got Jace McClellan in the flats for an easy dump off. It's a first down or probably a touchdown, and he never, never looks at him, and he ends up scrambling the opposite direction and throwing the ball away. And it's just those types of things that you miss those opportunities. And again, like I said, I'm sitting here, I don't want to, because he comes back and he makes big plays at times. So uh, it's just been hit and miss, and that's that's just been the big thing with him. But as far as, you know, the pass rush, you know, well, I'm just, yeah, you're right. If they get him uh, in a situation where, you know, the heat's on, he's, he's prone to throwing the ball uh, to the wrong guy. And, uh, I mean, it's happened a few times this year. It happened in the Texas game twice. Those were two key interceptions. You know, the Ole Miss game, he really made a bad throw into the end zone that was picked. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a great challenge for him. And, you know, he went to Texas A&M, got on the road, and he was in an adverse situation. And the game was really kind of not going for him at the time. You know, it was rough at that point in the second half. And he came through started making some great throws. So this is just another challenge. We'll see, you know, if he can respond. Rodney or Tyler Insider, at Tyler Insider on Twitter. And make sure to visit the website, watch the show. I'm not, Rodney, is the show available anywhere other than TV24? Yeah, it's uh... – you know, it's it's actually on uh, WVA 23 here in Tuscaloosa. 23. Sorry, 24 is Jacksonville. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. No, 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 it's fine. It's okay. But it goes it goes through most of the state of Alabama, but it's also, you know, on the internet. It's on front page of TiderInsider.com. It's there now if you want to watch it. Uh, yeah, and it's on YouTube and, and various other places. Facebook, Facebook Live, <laughs> all of the well, things that they have. Well, we certainly – uh, certainly the week for our audience to be wanting to watch if they want to know anything uh, about this Alabama Crimson Tide team. So we look forward to the third Saturday in October. Look forward to talking to you again, Ronnie. Thanks for joining us. Okay, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Man. Oh, thank goodness for the the ability to turn my, my, my microphone down today, Mo. I don't have to cough into it like I did yesterday. <laughs> so I'm saving your, your your ears today, Mo. But uh, I, I appreciate it. Let's uh, let's take a break. Willie Ramirez joins us right after this WNBA talk on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated cost plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yow and Mo Patton on this wild and wacky Wednesday. Glad to have you guys with us as we continue on the show. Right now, Mo, time to talk a little bit about the WNBA, and we have a very special guest to do so. Absolutely. Um, Willie Ramirez, who covers the Las Vegas Aces, joins us here on Main Street Sports Today to um, talk about this series as we head into game four with the aces up two to one, but down from a personnel standpoint. Willie, thanks for joining us, first of all. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. And, you know, what what is Vegas going to look like without Chelsea Gray and Kai Stokes tonight? Um, it is going to be an, an incredibly different look um, for the, from the standpoint that <clears> – <throat> During the regular season, when Becky Hammond didn't have either of those two in the lineup, it was obviously by choice because they were up by 15, 20 points, and they decided, and she decided to put in whomever, Kayla George, Sid Colson, Kirsten Bell, um, and they had comfortable leads. Now, don't get me wrong, those bench players that I mentioned, um, they came into the game at times to give starters breathers, but they weren't relied upon to stay in the game. They were, you know, they, 
They gave Kelsey Plum a breath. They gave Chelsea Gray a breath. They gave Asia Wilson a breath. But um, tonight's going to be an entirely different animal. And you're talking about a Liberty team that is already playing with the wealth of confidence. A lot of people are talking about the fact that the Aces are down Chelsea Gray. Now what are they going to do? Well, the Liberty came in game three and smacked the Aces around long before Chelsea Gray went out of the game. She went out of the game in the fourth quarter, and Kia Stokes played the rest of the game. She didn't realize she had a foot problem until she woke up the next day. So the Liberty were already playing with confidence. Sandy Brundello had already done a good job in making adjustments and where she was going to stick uh, Sabrina Ionescu on the defensive side of the ball and how they were going to generate offense and use John Quill Jones defensively. So now you take those two out of the lineup, and it's a matter of what Becky Hammond is going to do to make those adjustments um, against a highly motivated Liberty team. You know, I, I was reading earlier front office sports at FOS on Twitter had a tweet from uh, a story from Doug Greenberg that, that said that game four of the WNBA finals is tracking as a top four best-selling game, regular season or playoffs of all time. The top three games are games three, one, and two of this series. This has been as important of a series as yep. the WNBA has ever had. Would that it be is. It, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's as important as you could possibly imagine for the league. Um, but I think it was headed that way. And I think the one thing to keep in mind when you're talking about, you know, women's sports as a whole, I, I literally, before I got on with you, I was just talking to someone with the PR with, with UFC. Um, they're going to have some breaking news coming out of something major with under that umbrella within the next 48 hours. Um, and, 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 and it has to do with women ath pro athletes. Um, and what I can tell you is that, you know, if, if you think about from a professional sports uh, perspective, since the Women's World Cup, right, look at the attention that has been paid to all of women's sports. The U.S. Open with Coco Gauff, the WNBA throughout the regular season, right, the World Cup, as I mentioned, um, UFC just had a fight night with the main card two women. Women's sports as a whole has has it's not just grab the audience, you know, at an advantageous moment in time. We're talking about professional women's sports hanging, hanging with the NFL, hanging with college football when the Red River rivalry is being played or when Monday night football, Sunday night football, Thursday night football. Women's sports um, has, you know, it's been here, but to a lot of people that didn't realize it, it's, it's now arrived. So, um, tonight is going to be amazing. And if the Liberty win, I can only imagine what Friday night in Las Vegas on the strip is going to be like for the fifth and decisive game of the number one and number two team that everyone anticipated and hoped for two months ago, three months ago, four months ago, five months ago. Willie Ramirez joining us here on Main Street Sports today as we um... – discuss the aces and the liberty game four seven o'clock tonight on espn um willie stepping away from the wnba finals for just a second there was some other big news coming out of the league yesterday as the phoenix mercury named a new coach and was not universally received um 
on a positive note, I don't guess, you know, what what are you hearing? What were your thoughts regarding Nate Tibbetts, um, longtime NBA assistant, getting that gig? Well, here's the thing. I, I completely understand everybody's argument, and, and I'm, of all people, I'm an advocate of women's sports. I, I went to the gym. Before I came on with you, I had to get my lift on so I could get that out of the way. I was at the gym, <laughs> and I was repping, repping Lexi Brown, from the L.A. Sparks, my girl from Athletes Unlimited. So, I mean, I'm a huge women's sports advocate, especially the WNBA. Um, as far as the hire goes with Nate Tibbetts, I feel bad for the guy in a sense that this is a dude who probably deserves a shot somewhere, um, and, and this is a shot that he was taking. And I don't think that there was a – I don't think it was a vindictive and sort of an on-purpose slight toward anybody. However – I do understand where it appears that way. And I understand the gripe in that Nikki blue deserved a shot. She took over this team that, you know, I, I, I don't know how many times Brittany Griner, you know, missed for obvious, for, for understandable mental health leaves from the team. That's understandable with everything that she's gone through and the grind, um, the all-star weekend, the media crush, the, the, I remember when they came here the first time, they had to take her out this back way. And it's the way that I exit the arena to avoid the crowd and slip out the back of the parking garage. We happened to leave at the exact same time. So, I mean, everything that she went through, I get it. Diana Taurasi was on the shelf. Skylar Diggins, whatever is going on with her, um, she didn't play the entire season. But Nikki Blue kept that team together and kept them motivated to even want to play, kept the composure of that team. She definitely deserved a better look at taking over that team as it moves into a, a, a sort of a new era with a facility being built, um, sort of being embraced by the Suns. So, I mean, I understand everything. I just, I, I'm not going to hold it against the, the uh, Tibbets because he comes, hey, you know what? South Dakota produ- has produced some, some great basketball talent. I mean, Becky Hammond, hello, she's from Rapid City, right? So um, I'm sure that this dude is well-deserved of, of a shot. Um, maybe he could have taken a different avenue, G League, uh, Summer League, whatever it may have been. But that's the choice, and that's the avenue they met, went. I don't, again, I don't think it's a slight toward Nikki. Um, I just don't think that they looked that deep into it and, and understood before they made the decision. But after the fact, when you look at it, the big picture, there's definitely some candidates they should have looked at, especially with that franchise. There's some history with that franchise. Um, you know, Diana Taurasi, known as the GOAT, you know, I, I think that they could have probably done a better job with all things considered. The All-Star Game is going to be there next year in Phoenix. So um, I, I get it. I understand why everybody has an issue with it. And again, with all the strides that women's sports are making, you know, it almost feels like a little bit of a step back there. Um, maybe, I, I don't... I get what you're saying, but I don't know if it's a step backward. I think it's just a step sideways. They just stop, mm. they stop moving forward. They okay. just move lateral. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. women's sports in WNBA is going to continue to move forward. The powers that be. I just think – I don't think this is a step back because this guy – you know, Nate's not going to take over the team and, and you know, with a, with a you know, a, a mental mindset where it's anti-women, obviously. That's mm. – taking a step back, that would – to me, that would define something like that. I think you just, he sort of just stopped 
it's at a standstill and they move sideways instead of keep going forward. Um, he's just going to really have to prove himself and let's see what kind of staff he puts together. Um, that's going to be important. He obviously would, would behoove him to bring in, you know, um, some strong uh, female assistants like in Seattle with Pokey Chapman, you know what I mean? Uh, they're, you know, just the different assistants you see around the league, people who are deserving of making that next step to the head coaching level. <laughs> Willie, this is uh, go, going back into to, tonight and, and this weekend. Just want to once again just say how how much we, we have followed this Las Vegas Aces team particularly. Without those two players, who has to step up and make the biggest impact for Vegas to, to avoid having to come back home and win? Well, I think it's too easy to say Asia Wilson because we already know what Asia Wilson's capable of, and we know she's going to step up. You know what I mean? She's, she's broken so many records. She's, her her uh, superlatives, they speak for themselves. I think more than anything, what you're going to have to see is Kelsey Plum's all-around game because it's been something that they've relied on all season long in terms of her passing ability, her defensive ability, her shooting ability. Jackie Young is also a defensive stalwart, um, but – Kelsey Plum is is someone who can sort of not be a decoy, but she can draw the defense. And if she can dish to Jackie, who has a quick release, that was one thing I did a story on for AP, the Associated Press, is that she worked on extensively since Becky Hammond got here during the offseason was working on a quicker release. Um, working on a different grip to, to, to get the release, get it off. So if those two can work in unison and Kelsey Plum can sort of inhibit that, that point guard mentality, uh, something that Chelsea Gray sort of, you know, obviously known as the point God, um, Kelsey Plum's got to be able to do it on both ends of the floor. And I think the, the owner, it's not all on her because you also have to look at whoever Becky Hammond is bringing in. Um, the three that I mentioned, Kayla George, Kirsten Bell and Sid Colson. Um, you know, Sid Colson gets knocked a lot for, you know, the garbage time player, the, the fans love her. She's, she's a fan favorite, but she is a veteran in this league. She's on the player executive committee with the athletes unlimited. She knows the game. Well, she knows these players. She's a student of the game. And if there's one person who can elevate her game off the bench into a starting role or whatever it may be, it's Sid Colson in making the right plays at the right time. So I think, you know, the backcourt as a whole is where we need to see an elevation of sort of of everybody's game and emphasis on specific things that they do well. Because Asia Wilson's all, you already know she's going to bring it. Willie Ramirez here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. And again, game four tonight should be a lot of fun. Uh, New York has had a... Has had an up and down season. Obviously, toward the end of the year, had a chance to take over that number one spot and could have had home court in this, but were unable to do so. And so, that being said, still one and two, still the game we've been waiting for, the series we've been waiting for. And do you see either of these teams, no matter what happens tonight or this weekend, taking a step? Speaking of steps back, taking a step back, or is it going to be? Second verse, same as the first next year. Well, I, I don't think that either team is going to take a step backward. Um, I think if there's any team that's going to have to figure out their payroll, it's going to be the Aces more than anybody because 
you know, they're, they, they, they're in their second, third year with some of these players and they're going to have to start doing some renegotiate and figure out, you know, some of their key reserves, um, you know, who's getting paid, who's not. The Liberty are in their first year with this quote unquote super team. But I, I don't think I really don't see either team taking a step backwards. It's a matter of which teams are going to move forward. Um, I'm really intrigued about the L.A. Sparks because they didn't they, they were a lot better than their record indicated. Um, Lexi Brown, she was injured. Um, she, if, she, if you have Lexi healthy all season, they're, they're getting in the postseason and, and they're possibly, you know, being a thorn in someone's side. The Atlanta Dream are a team to, to be on the lookout in the future um, with some of the players that they brought in. Alicia Gray being brought in during the offseason was phenomenal. The Mercury, once they figure out what to do with Sky Diggins-Smith and how uh, with Nate now as the coach, Teresa Witherspoon being the coach with the Chicago Sky, I want to see where Courtney Williams ends up. So it's not really a matter of those two taking a step back. It's the teams that are going to move up and step up and challenge them now that they're going to figure out how to defend, how to play, and the pieces to the puzzle that they're going to put together during the offseason to challenge both those teams in the league standings. Willie, as we uh, get ready to get out of here, just want to get your prediction for tonight. Do you think it goes back to Vegas? I do. I've already set my night aside for Friday. I've got. <laughs> I've, got I've, already, I've already made the reservations at the pet resort for my dog, uh, my, my faithful companion. He's going to have to go there and spend the night. I know where I'll be. I've already got the suit lined up. I've got the, the, uh, the Alexander McQueen's pulled out. I already know what I'm wearing. I'm set for Friday night. I will be at Michelob Ultra Arena because I'm pretty sure this game is coming back or this series is coming back for a decisive five. And you know what? It's nothing against the Las Vegas Aces. The last person in the world that I would wish injury upon is that is is uh is Chelsea Gray. But if there's one if there's an audience that deserves a game five in between these two teams, it is the WNBA fans. Um and I just think that the Liberty are going to bring everything that they've got to tonight's game. And let's not forget that the Liberty won the regular season series against this team and won in Vegas. They won the Commissioner's Cup. So it's not and, – and, and the Aces were fine. They were fully healthy then. So outside of Candace Parker, outside of Candace Parker, let me point that out. So, CP, I'll be really interested to see if CP, you know, uh, Becky made a comment about her. She's not available tonight, but – what happens if she can if they can get her ready for game five? But yes, I think it's coming back. I'm ready. God. Could you imagine and, the 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 crowd eruption if if Candace Parker was announced in the in the starting lineup on Friday? What does Reed like? I could only imagine the the noise level in your neck of the woods if oh, Candace Parker. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> like, you, you'll be they? able to hear us in Vegas. Yeah. Yes, so. so. Yeah, no, it's it, it, it's exciting. It's it, everything about women's sports right now is exciting, and the WNBA has a lot to do with it. Well, we appreciate you taking time with us, man, as and looking forward to talking to you again soon. All right, thanks. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Willie. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, the weirdest and wildest news from across the world, right here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stick around. <laughs> Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. 
Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Felt like why not, you know? Keep it. Yeah, uh, I was in. That, uh, look, I, I, it's, it's good, that time it's, of year. It yeah. is that time of year, so I, I was in for it. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mo, it's time now for the weirdest and wildest stories from across the world, and since. <clears throat> Since we had uh, Heather on earlier, I figured we might as well have a NASCAR story. <laughs> One couple, Tori Lindsay and Nick Brindle, said I do at a pit stop at the South Point 400 NASCAR Cup Series race on Sunday. The Bushlight Pit Stop Wedding was dubbed the fastest wedding imaginable as it was held during driver Kevin Harvick's pit stop during the race. Wow. <laughs> this is okay. amazing. Uh, the couple could be seen getting ready 
in a short video backstage before walking toward the number four car's pit box and getting ready for their nuptials, which went down in front of 80,000 passionate fans. The bride wore a white NASCAR racing suit with a veil wrapped around her waist and carried a white rose bouquet decorated with bush light beer cans. <laughs> wow. Amazing. I'm, I'm oh. sure that's exactly the wedding her mom expected her daughter to have. You know? Oh, my gosh. Oh, goodness. And, <laughs> yeah, but her dad's going, yeah, I didn't have to pay for this, so let's go. Rock on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, that is amazing! What a what a wild and wild scene it was. Yes. Oh, speaking of going fast, there's one person on this show who has certainly had a tendency to do such a thing. Uh-oh. We won't say what kind of car Mo drives because we don't want the oh. we don't want folks you know targeting him. But hey, hey, be careful if you're in Savannah, Georgia. Is all I gotta say <laughs> because Connor Cato tells WSAV TV in Savannah, SAV. Well, mm-hmm. they got lucky with that. Yeah, call those call letters. I bet they meant to do that. Well, I'm just saying that that they weren't that they were available. Right. <laughs> he received a citation for getting pulled over in September driving 90 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour zone. Can't be doing that. No, no, it's frowned upon in this establishment and most others. Yeah. Well, okay. they didn't like it very much because when they gave him the ticket, the figure in the fine portion read 1.4 million dollars i bet he won't do that again (laughs) savannah officials say anyone caught driving more than 35 miles an hour above the speed limit has to appear in court where a judge will determine the actual fine this is this has usfl court with the NFL written all over it. Well, we just said a dollar because we figured the judge would fi- would fix it. <laughs> nope. Wrong answer. No, uh, the, it's just a placeholder. The actual fine cannot exceed $1,000. But I'm we do sure not... that, that, that chilled Mr. Cato out. I guarantee you he called real quick and was like, I, I, I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> Well, I mean, when when you got that ticket and you saw that, I mean, wait a minute. Uh, how does that how does that conversation go at the window there? <laughs> well, wait a minute. It. I was doing ninety in a fifty-five, and my fine is one point four million dollars. <laughs> yeah. So it was automatically generated by the e-citation software used by the local recorder's office, said Joshua Peacock, a spokesman for the Savannah City government. We do not issue the placeholder as a threat to scare anybody into court, even if this person heard differently from somebody in our organization. Oh, well, it worked. Well, I, okay, bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great big lie. Yeah, yeah. So... Oh, no, I ain't paying this. Yeah. <laughs> I will go to court. I will do whatever. Uh, what, he what's worked. his fine, ultimately? It does not say. I don't 
That's unfortunate. I don't know that he's been to court yet. Oh, no, he's not. He's not. He will not get to court until December. Well, Christmas could be a little lean around the Cato household. <laughs> There's no doubt. If, if this actually holds up. But you said the max is 1000 A 1000 Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> so, Still, for drop. 90 and a 55? I, Oof. Yeah. That's... I don't... I don't know, man. That seems that seems a little harsh. Even that it does. I mean, it really especially because, like, look, it, Highway 50 in Columbia. It's a pretty straight road. It's pretty rural. There's not a lot of cars on it, and the speed limit is 55. Like, I could see you like not paying attention and just kind of keep creeping up, and next thing you know, you've hit 90. Because, I mean, I hit I hit 65 on it today and was like, oh, crap, didn't realize. Well, I mean, more than 30 in Tennessee is um, reckless driving, right? Right. That, and then that's the same thing. Uh, it's, the sa- it's the same type of, of problem. There's just 35. Hmm. Speaking of reckless driving, Uh-oh. a New York hey, City Hey, don't be pool. calling me out again. <laughs> Lenny Rodriguez Cruz, 28, could be facing 25 years in prison for leading police on a wild car chase crashing into several vehicles and biting a sergeant who was trying to put him in a holding cell, according to Queens District Attorney Melinda Katz in New York. The police officer lost his left ring finger up to the first knuckle when a reckless driver, when when Cruz bit him, prosecutor said on Wednesday. Oh, an officer patrolling the Jamaica section of Queens spotted Rodriguez Cruz driving a car with license plates that weren't registered to the vehicle. Tried to pull him over, but Mr. Cruz sped off, mounted a sidewalk, and drove through a park, scattering park goers as they ran to safety. He kept driving, hit four vehicles, including an unmarked police car that was part of a barricade set up to stop him. Well, it succeeded. At, at least, you know, somewhat. The driver of one of the cars was treated at a hospital for several injuries. Uh, he got out of his car, breath smelled of alcohol, surprise, and his speech was slurred. There was a cup containing an alcoholic beverage inside the car, and then he decided that he needed a snack before he went to the holding cell and decided that his the, finger would do. The huh? jailer's fingertip would be enough. Huh. Real quick, before we get out of here, one last story. A Connecticut man who found a bag containing nearly $5,000 in cash outside of a bank claimed finders keepers. Got a criminal charge against him dropped on Wednesday after he gave the money back. But would you give it back? Well, if they were getting, if they were getting ready to arrest me, then yes, I would give it back. In fact, you got to be quicker than that. You almost had it. (laughs) Oh, man. Well... That's going to do it for Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We appreciate it here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Back in studio tomorrow with more. It's preps Thursday. Plenty of prep football to talk about. So come back with us, and we appreciate it. Have a great day. Until then. <laughs>